She's gonna make it after all. We watched Payback, which means it's time for another Portland at the Movies. In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty, all that stands between a city and a disaster, in a city where anything can happen. If you thought you had seen it all. It got a star in Pacific Northwest Magazine. I mean, do you have any idea the value of one of these stars? I mean, it's not like they just hand them out, you know. Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. My name is Todd Workoven and I am joined by Brian. How are you, Brian? I'm feeling festive, Todd. <laughs> well, I tried to trick you both into that. We are not joined by Mark Middleton this month. He is uh, off somewhere. I'm not sure what he's doing today, but we are joined again by Brian Turner, who joined us for our Hear No Evil episode. So welcome back, Brian. Happy to be back. Happy to be the continual backup, Mark. So. <laughs> well, I was. I, I always get excited because uh, I, I remember how you were uh, immediately able to match the uh, the unwarranted excitement and fervor <laughs> over discussing these movies as as I do. So I'm glad there's an energy level that you can that you can bring when we're discussing. Well, I, I was considering just saying we should abandon this and just talk about cats because I just recently. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I yeah. Did you watch it for uh, yeah. how did well, this get no, made? No, I just watched it for for general curiosity's sake, and then I saw that. So I, I just yeah. watched it too, and I I was just telling someone this week that. Um, <sighs> that there are several movies that I kind of get obsessed with. I mean, kind of in the in the room way or like Showgirls. I'm obsessed with Showgirls just as a piece of, I mean, I could talk about that just forever just because it's such a bizarre thing. I feel the same way also about Cats, but in a way that I never <laughs> want to see Cats. It's like the Star Wars holiday special. Like yeah. I love talking about it and discussing it, but I cannot sit through the that the holiday special or cats like i could with the room or showgirls or that movie like i and i've been low-grade obsessed with it over this past year and watched all the internet videos about it and all that but sitting down and watching that for two hours i still was not prepared well, what you should do is you should just convince mark to watch it when he gets back and you can do the mark and todd cats <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, I'm, wow. I, don't, I don't know why I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We won't talk about it anymore. Um, I did have something before. Well, um, I guess you should introduce what the movie is. And then I have another round of Brian got slightly confused from IMDb names as of last time. But. Okay. Well, uh, uh, the Unipiper, uh, Brian, uh, what, how did you, this was your selection this month. How did you stumble upon this movie? I'm almost positive I stumbled upon this so I, every time we watch one of these movies, one of my favorite things to do is go through every single actor's IMDb and see all of their movie credits. And nine times out of 10 for one of the movies on our show, one of those actors is going to have a resume that's like 40 films deep and they're all filmed in Portland. And we just get to add so many new titles to our ongoing list of movies filmed in Portland. And I'm pretty sure that is what had happened here in this case. It's, you know, one actor leading to another film. And I did um, notice, um, I'm quick trying to look it up here. Uh, and this is not the payback starring Mel, uh, Mel Gibson that came out in 1999, sadly. Yeah, this movie is called uh, Payback and it stars uh, Mary, Mary Tyler Moore and Ed Asner reuniting for the first time. And what was, um, and we will get to you here in a second, Brian Turner. Uh, there was, uh, I was looking it up today and there was a surprising amount of press about this movie because, and this was made for TV movie, I'm not sure what network it was for, but it was the first time Ed Asner and Mary Tyra Moore uh, uh, reunited after after the show, so. Right, I, I think the movie was probably sold based on you know that alone. Um, it, it sounds like it was quite the event when it uh, first played in 97. Yeah, yeah. So Brian, tell us, tell us about so, your confusion. So, well, it wasn't so much confusion as I'm like, I feel like there's been other movies called Payback. So I went to Wikipedia and just did a search for Payback. And I think Crystal was enthralled by this. I'm just going to read this to you real quickly. So this is the <laughs> disambiguation page for Payback. 
Payback is revenge, a harmful action against a person in response to a grievance, or a fictional member of a superhero team called Cabinet Shadow Cabinet in DC Comics, or a fictional character in Marvel Comics, or a film by Michael Ironside from 1991, or a film from 1995 starring C. Thomas Howell, <laughs> or a film from 1997 starring Mary Tyler Moore, or a film from 1999 starring Mel Gibson, or a 2010 Hindi, Indian Hindi thriller film, or a 2012 Canadian documentary, or a prequel... <laughs> A book or a book about uh, by Margaret Atwood, or a novel by James Hennigan, or a novel about um, by Daniel Fisher, or a, a record company in Australia. It's also an album by Danny. Um, it's also an album by James Brown. It's also a song by Flaw, a song by Rascal Flatts, a song by James Brown, a song by Bobby Sheen, a song by Quarshay. Or so, so pretty much what you're saying. By a song by Slayer, uh, <laughs> a, a WWE um, SummerSlam type thing, a TV series, an episode of Brandy and Mr. Whiskers, an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, an episode of CSI Miami, an episode of Law and Order Special Victims Unit, an episode of Miami Vice, an episode of Third Watch, an episode of White Collar, an episode of True Justice, a video game from 2001, and a, an expansion of the Soldier Fortune series uh, from, it doesn't say what year. So pretty much wow. what you're saying is that we would have been better served watching, reading, listening to any of those other <laughs> Possibly, <items>. yes. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, we got enthralled by, like, this is the most, one of, other than, like, I don't know, something with just the word knight in it is probably yeah, or like, generic. Or something like Hard Kill or something, yeah, like one yeah. of those Steven Seagal movies that are just, like, interchangeable. Yeah, this was a, and, and it doesn't really, like, for what this movie is, uh, is about, it doesn't really fit the theme like super great like this movie could have called been called many many other things and it would have made more sense yeah you, i mean who, yeah i think that, that you, is the question we're gonna have to figure out who is getting payback against whom and what because i feel it's more like blackmail or assault rather than payback <laughs> i think the only way that you could make this uh movie title more appropriate to the show is by calling it uh fatal payback exposure <laughs> that would we're gonna have to do that thing where they feed uh some sort of ai you know a bunch of stuff and see what it spits out we're gonna have to do that with all of the portland at the movies and uh, just come up with the most generic portland the, at the movie movie the, ever the, the portland movie title generator <laughs> that's pretty fantastic. so i i would almost bet going back to what you said um Brian, about uh, how you found this movie and probably found a rabbit hole of of the person, I believe I I believe probably the actor you were looking at uh, was named Russ Fast, oh, okay. and he has been in um, uh, many of the uh, the Portland movies. And unfortunately, he passed away last year. It looked like in 1999. So he has been in Payback. He has been in what else did we do? Brain Smasher, A Love Story, Doctor Giggles. Um, breaking in the haunting of Sarah, Sarah Hardy, the last innocent man. Uh, those are all ones that we've done on this show, and, and he's done quite a quite a few other things. This was his last uh, credit, um, but um, so yeah, that's probably why this ended up on our list because he's shown up in so many of our other things. Well, after scraping the actors from this film in preparation for today's show. Um, I added 21 uh, new films to our list. Holy Toledo. Now, one of the things I read, and I'll, I'll get to some articles about this movie later, but one of the things that they said was that the producer of this movie, um, who has produced a bunch of stuff, I, I didn't actually look him up yet, but uh, it, it was mentioned that he enjoyed filming his productions in Portland. Mm -hmm. So if we, find, if we look up the producer of this uh, specifically, Ed Asner himself was one of the producers of this movie. Yeah. Uh, and saw, his production yeah. company. And his daughter's uh, in the film too, right? I it's, wondered, uh, I saw another Asner. Kate, it's Kate, Kate Asner. Asner. Yeah, she plays Lisa, who I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Probably a stripper. Oh, wait, was that the, oh, we'll get into that. But yeah, was that the, the, the Moida? Was that? <laughs> Well, let's, uh, Brad, Unipiper, why don't you set this one up? Well, well before we get into that, we're, we're having okay. so much fun talking actors here. Let's, yeah, yeah. I, I want to call it, I was so excited. This is probably, I got more excited about this than any other single aspect of this film. Um, but uh, do you remember the scene in the film where um, the police show up to Reed College uh, to uh, interrogate um, our uh, main character's husband at work? Yes. Uh, do you remember the uh, dean who walks in to have a word with uh, the professor? Yeah. Did you recognize him? I didn't. 
Upon my second rewatch, I heard his voice and it clicked. So um, I'll just say, a small town, not unlike many others, a small town with a no. past, a present, and a hope for the future. What? That was Ted Pfeiffer? No, no, no. Oh. It's... <laughs> A creator and writer of Harvest of Fear and Path of Evil and the upcoming third installment that he's working on now? Well, it is the actor who played Old Man Carter, who was the uh, overall narrator for Harvest oh, of Fear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tobias Anderson? Yes, that would be Tobias Anderson. That is, that is amazing. I want yeah. that guy to, he, we should have him. I wonder if he's uh, still with us. <gasps> we could get uh, him to record the show intro. Yes. Portland at the Movies, a podcast <laughs> like many others. I didn't see you come in. That would be fantastic. Well, IMDb uh, does not say if he is still with us or not, but he was active in 2017. So okay, that's well, that's a good That's a good thing. I'll, I, speaking of Ted Pfeiffer, um, he, like I said, is working on the third installment of his, his Harvest of Fear uh, trilogy as we speak, and there may or may not be parts for parts for some of us in that uh so <laughs> as that develops we will be relentlessly whoring <laughs> ourselves and that project but i should get a hold of ted pfeiffer and see if he still has contact information of that guy because that would yeah. be no, we, that we would could, be awesome we could pay him to do that with all the money that we've made from our patreons <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, uh, we kind of are avoiding talking about this movie. I don't know what you're talking about, Todd. <laughs> but uh, why don't you why don't you set up the premise, Brian? Since since this is uh, one of your picks, <laughs> well, uh, you set it up. Okay, so Payback is a 1997 vehicle for Mary Tyler Moore and Ed Asner, in which Mary Tyler Moore plays uh, a, a working mother who has just opened a restaurant. Um, and she's opened a second restaurant. <laughs> yes, she's expanded to a second restaurant with her partner. Um, and on the first night of their opening, she witnesses um, a suspicious man in the parking lot across the street from uh, her brand new restaurant. And uh, I didn't catch if her name was Karen or not, but she immediately calls the police upon <laughs> seeing this man do nothing but sit in his car in the parking lot. Um, the police show up and forcefully remove this man from his vehicle and beat him to a bloody pulp. Um, and then Mary Tyler Moore calls the uh, calls an ambulance, uh, and then Internal Affairs, uh, head up by Ed Asner, comes to investigate. Um, and they find that uh, the the uh, officer who was uh, leading the beating in this case. Um, gets put on trial and uh, he gets uh, not demoted, but his career gets frozen and suspension and all that stuff. So the rest of the movie is about um, this police officer seeking payback on Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> there we go. So yeah. it's interesting to frame or to 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 title a movie from the viewpoint of the villain. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we're meant to connect that <laughs> <laughs> with the wrong person. Right. Well, that's seriously. That, but that's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So here's a challenge. Name any other movie by which the title is in reference to the motives of the villain. Oh, geez Louise. I, I challenge our listeners. Leave us a comment. Well, it has that's to be the motive. It can't be just named after the villain because then it's like Hannibal and you're like, okay, well. Right, right. It has to be the, the yeah, from the point That'll of view. That'll be a good thought exercise uh, for, for me for the rest of the week. Um, it, was, it was really weird, though, watching a movie right now uh, that was filmed, what, 20-some uh, years ago about police brutality in Portland. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. And this wasn't like hot off the heels of like the Rodney King thing, but some of the articles I read about it kind of referenced that it was that sort of a setup. Um, and there are a couple other, uh, I noticed the music, uh, the music credit, the composer credit was for Mark Snow, yes. who also he's done the a X-Files. crap load of things, in, yeah, including <laughs> the X-Files. And I don't think that it's even the first time we've seen his name come up for one of our movies. I can't Probably not, because I looked at his IMDb thing and it just goes on. Like, he was doing like six or seven things a year, like yeah. all the way through the 80s and 90s, so that, that wouldn't surprise me either. Um, but Adam Scott 
is also in that movie. Uh, that was in this what got movie. me excited. I was like, because I, I mean, it's weird. I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts and Adam Scott shows up a ton. Yeah. But I was just like, what is he doing here? <laughs> and it was just, it was just a real, like, just a position. Because I was thinking about, like, the old Mary Tyler Moore show I'd watched on reruns when I was, like, 12. And then Adam Scott, the, like, from all these, like, very, you know, comedy bang bang and the like. And then the two worlds right. colliding here. In your, in your brain, those things could not coexist. <laughs> exactly. And it's not, like, his first role like i just looked it up he's in like hellraiser and a couple other things like i don't remember which hellraiser but he was in stuff before this so it wasn't like his breakout performance yeah no i i was really surprised at how far it's it's so funny like all of these entertainers and and a lot of these actors that like it feels like oh there's an overnight success with you know this sitcom or whatever and they've been already working for like 25 years and like adam scott is another one of those it's like good grief he goes back to like the early 90s his stuff he was like 25 or something like in in this movie so he looks like a little baby adam scott which is really funny but he was great he wasn't like a comedy role or anything he was a, no he, he plays it was a, yeah a serious he was playing just for the the listeners he's playing mary tyler moore's son in this uh, version um and i actually want to go back a second to brian's description of the opening where he where he outlined what happened and i'd say it was pretty good the one thing was we, we described it as forcefully removed him from the car i feel is a wild understatement <laughs> <laughs> because the police literally are like, get out of the car. And the guy's like, I'm sitting here having a cigarette. And they're like, get out of the car. And he won't. And they literally smash his windshield, right? And drag him bodily through the windshield. <laughs> and to, to then, of course, beat him with an inch of his life. And I think that, that, that this this sells the, the incompetence of the internal affairs led by Ed Asner is that that immediately should be like, why did you smash his windshield? <laughs> and you immediately would know that this guy should have been off the force years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one one thing that, because uh, I was, uh, I watched this movie let, uh, uh, actually Friday night uh, and I, I watched it on at times two uh, this morning just to kind of write some stuff oh, down. that's a brilliant idea. I should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sometimes I'll watch the movie like a couple weeks before and then refresh it and watch it a, a, a second time. And, and a couple weeks ago, I watched for the first five or 10 minutes. And I was like, I don't think I'll have to write too much stuff down, but I think it'll be engaging enough that I can only watch it once. And I was kind of surprised and how watchable, I mean, this movie is very generic, but kind of also kind of not. And it kind of just lives in this dead space of it's not quite anything. And I think part of the reason I kept trying to figure out like the story the story itself is kind of compelling as this police officer who was suspended and, and can no longer rise through the ranks of the police officers in his career has it out for Mary Tyler Moore because she testified against him. And so that cop is messing with the family, gets her husband uh, accused of, of um, sexual harassment at his job. And then uh, Adam Scott, her son, um, who has a history in the story of, of drug abuse or, or dalliances with the police or something something like that, that he's kind of recovering from. Some sort from. of vague drug crime. Yeah, that, that he's kind of in recovery from and he gets uh, targeted by the bad police officer and uh, falsely arrested and like all this stuff. And it was kind of compelling and not really a story that I've like, I think is like super overdone. And I kept asking myself like, why is it? And the performances were, were fairly good, I guess. And just ask myself why I wasn't connecting to it. And I think, I think, and I feel terrible saying this, but it lives in the uncanny valley of Mary Tyler Moore's bad 90s plastic surgery because (laughs) she cannot make a facial expression. And she has like the the that that nineties like surprised eye look, like the Kenny Rogers look, and her her mouth is just all full of kind of filler that has kind of settled. And like I don't want to focus on someone's appearance like that, but it really did like make her incapable of making facial expressions in a way that I was able to like not see her as like an AI of some sort. Yeah. So, so some of uh, Mary Tyler Moore's questionable facial expressions aside, I'll, I'll be honest, like, I kind of enjoyed this movie. It, it uh, was not necessarily a slog to get through the, the first watch. Uh, you know, the, the, the pacing was pretty good. It kept my attention. But then after I watched it, I'll tell you exactly 
what it, the experience made me feel like. Watching this movie, I would compare to uh, when I see something, uh, so some really weird sounding novelty candy flavor in the store, like an Oreo or or um, candy, the, the turkey dinner candy corn, be like, that sounds weird. And, th and then I eat it. And then my taste, my reaction is, oh, well, that's not so bad. And you say that knowing that you would never eat it a second time, but your expectations were so low to start with. You were like, oh, that's not too bad. <laughs> See, I think I, it's, go ahead, Turner. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like I, I think my problem with it was, is it didn't go enough one way or the other because I felt like it was trying to be it wasn't ridiculous enough, in my opinion, to like really be great. Like I had these moments of like, well, that's absurd and stuff. And like some of the, the stuff we were supposed to take as leaps in logic. And I know I'm thinking about this too hard because I was thinking about like the, the sexual harassment claims that went up towards the, the, the dad. Um, he is a, um, um, it's um, at a university and I, spoiler alert, work at a university. And so I know all the like rules and regulations surrounding some of this stuff. And so I'm like, this wouldn't be handled by like the police showing up first, just like randomly out of the blue. And then you think about like court and stuff and you're like, ah, it's trying too hard to not just be super, super ridiculous, but also like, it, it just didn't hit that sweet spot of being so stupid that it was great or serious enough that I was really compelled into it, you know? Well, I like all the actors, and I and I actually found Ed Asner to be kind of intimidating in his a few of his scenes, like when he smashed that model airplane. Yeah, oh yeah. I've never been afraid of Ed Asner killing me, but now that I've seen him do that, I'm like, wow. Papa Bear, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brian, I think what you're describing is is a product of what this movie was intending to be. You know, it was just filler for a 1997 made for TV movie. Right. And it couldn't really aspire to anything outside of, you know, that sort of box. Right. Yes. Well, in, in, and I'll look into um, some of these articles here. I, it's because the movie was kind of rewritten a couple of times and there's some uh, controversy about this because after the movie came out, Mary Tyler Moore kind of slammed it and said it sucked and it wasn't what I wanted it to be, which made poor or Ed Asner, who produced the movie, being like, <laughs> ah, well, agree to disagree. I still like Mary Tyler Moore, I guess. But she wanted it to, and I think um, she wanted it to be more, she was upset that the final product simply kind of made her that pearl-clutching housewife who was just kind of in danger, which the movie kind of did, like she didn't have all, she was kind of a detective and did some cool things, but it was still just a lot of like flitting and like, oh, like what's happening type thing. And she was disappointed with that, some of those aspects. And I think Mary Tyler Moore wanted it to focus more on um, the character of the mom, you know, and her past about, because in real life, Mary Tyler Moore uh, had a son who uh, uh, struggled with some substance abuse and ended up passing away as uh, Mary Tyler Moore herself was an alcoholic. And she reflected at some point that even though she was the icon for like America's working, working single women and, and, and all that, she kind of regretted that because she didn't stay home with her son enough and kind of dealing with those issues. And those kind of crop up in this but not in a way that you could ever really grab onto because the pacing of the TV movie aspect of it means like every, you know, seven minutes you need to kind of have a little denouement for an ad and then come, yeah. come back to it. And so I think she ended up kind of bad mouthing it a bit just because it kind of turned out to be a nothing. And she had to try to have it rewritten. And on the set, apparently, she there was lots of arguments about the script and stuff like that. So I think, I mean, in a way she was right, the way it turned out certainly wasn't anything super special. Especially- then again, I don't think it could have been much more special given <laughs> what it was. That's yeah, true. You're, you're probably right. But I also feel like, again, you've got you, you've got a major get here with with Asner and Mary Tyler Moore, and I mean, and, and it, it feels like a wasted opportunity um, to to you know you can make good TV movies, but not often. But you know you can even make things that are kind of cheesy fun. But I but I think that you do bring about a good point because I hadn't really viewed it from that perspective before, and that sort of makes sense. But I don't know. I still think that it, it just kind of didn't go serious enough or ridiculous over the top enough for me either way. So Right. Did either one of, go ahead, Ryan. Did either one of you read the uh, Washington Post review for the movie? I didn't. 
<clears throat> here's a uh, choice quote here. Uh, Director Ken Cameron shows no special zest for the material and failed to notify Moore that in some scenes she was making a fool of herself. Moore <laughs> should go back to being cute since anguish and angst seem way out of her range. In some of her scenes with Asner, you can't help you can't help expecting her to wail. Oh, Mr. Grant, one can admire her desire to keep working, but she's starting to get on everyone's nerves. Ouch. Oh, <laughs> That's a kind that of felt mean. personal. Yeah, no. Did like did she turn him down for a date once or something? I don't <laughs> but I mean, he's kind he's kind of right in a way that like in the very beginning where and I didn't know this was supposed to be the opening of her restaurant that first day. I know they got the big review or whatever, and it's always these. I love I love finding movie the movie tropes in in movies like this that have to. And one of those is like the the big opening of the restaurant or whatever, and the the owner of the restaurant is going down and like looking at every last thing. And there was one part where it was the opening of a scene, and before they got to the dialogue, you know, they're supposed to look busy as if they're not starting a scene. But and Mary Tyler Moore and one of the restaurant uh, cooks maybe. The cook is holding up a bowl of something. Mary Tyler Moore picks something out, you know, and kind of smells it and tastes it and says like, oh, you know, it's good. It needs a little bit more salt or whatever. Yes. And then puts whatever she was eating back in the bowl, <laughs> which then the waiter, the, the cook or whatever, like doesn't toss out. She's like, okay. And like starts stirring it up again. <laughs> like, What's happening? What are you doing? Maybe that's what they ordered. <laughs> <laughs> I want a light Mary Tyler Moore seasoning on. <laughs> but yeah, when I, my point was when she, so after that opening or whatever, she's walking into that dark parking lot and sees the guy. She does like, kind of like, and I expected her to like, oh, Rob, like whatever. And it was like, it was still a lot of those mannerisms. So she, mm -hmm. she wasn't super transformative in, in a way that I think probably didn't help a lot of the drama. Yeah. But um, this is not set in Portland, although we get a Pacific Northwest mention at some point when Adam yeah. Scott talks yeah. about it. Yeah, it's weird. It feels like that they were specifically having it like an unnamed Pacific Northwest town. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, even um, there was a couple, there's some organ license plate when um, yep. <laughs> when Mary Tyler Moore and her, her old friend get pulled over on the side oh, of the Oh man, road. that was my favorite scene in the whole movie because it was what? such... Uh, why don't you take a, why don't you take us through that okay. Turner? So so just to, to make it clear for everybody, at this point she'd already uh, Mary Tyler Moore has has I'd Asner convinced her to to um, um, uh, turn evidence against this uh, police officer who I suppose we should give credit to this guy. I don't know who he is, but the actor who played this person is called Frederick L E H N E. Wow. Yeah. Um, um, Did anyone uh, else think that he had fake teeth in? <laughs> I kept expecting there to be a reveal where he's like, and you won't recognize me without these top teeth. But that never happens. So. No. But, um, but at this point, he, he's apparently really beloved by the police department for apparently breaking windshields. And so... <laughs> But he's been, but so he's at this point he's been frozen in his rank, and the first hint we get that something is wrong. And I want to stress this: this is the first hint, not like the climax. The first hint, Mary Tyler Moore and her partner are driving down the road out at one of those like tree farms. If you go like south of the of Portland, right, and they get pulled over by the cops, and the cops are like, put like turn off the engine, put your hands on your head, like they pull out guns, like immediately. Well, the cops, yeah, Gun, the cops don't yeah, leave their car instantly. Instantly, there's guns pointed at Mary Tyler Moore. Before they've even said a word to her, guns pointed at the car. And they're like, put your hand out the window and then take your other hand and remove the keys and drop the keys out the window with your other hand and then use that hand to open the door from the outside. And again, this is, yeah, this is older Mary Tyler Moore and her equally older lady friend. And they're pointed, they're, they, they're doubt and they're held out at gunpoint and they're like, this car was reported stolen. And my thought was just like, what the holy <laughs> crap like like and and it turns out that it's her own car and that the cops had reported it stolen to mess with her but again the first act of vengeance this guy has his first payback is to almost get mary tyler moore shot to death for for a car thing in the hinterlands of the orange yes. wilderness i know it, it it like that's their i think it's uh i think it must they want to see the sequel where they just followed that guy like those cops <laughs> and they're 
investigation for it's like you did what to these two women who had a, a car reported stolen well what what's so hilarious about that is that yeah they are out i and i don't know where they're going or why they're there because they're just shown in depth a lot of this there's there are a lot of good locations in this and we'll get to some of them but a lot of it takes place at one of the, the courthouses on um in the park blocks like on yeah i've been Flanders. i've done jury duty in that place so yeah. oh nice uh me and mark uh worked in the building across the street from that for for a couple of years so this is all shot um in the park blocks there in the federal building and and um so and her restaurant i think is down like on second and ash or something yeah. like that yeah okay, it's so, uh thirsty lion i think was there most recently okay yeah. okay so it's in that building and so but all of a sudden there's a scene of her and what can only be described as like my great aunt driving <laughs> driving in the Oregon countryside and the police officers, you know, they see them come up behind them and the police officers car, like they both pull over. The officers don't approach Mary Tyler yep. Moore's car. They stay like, 50 feet back and like yeah like you said they pull their guns out and before they even do all this say stuff. anything to her like it's the first action they take and mary tyler moore and the and my great aunt get out <laughs> of the car mary tyler moore is dressed in like a silk pantsuit and like this beautiful scarf and, a, and they just look like you know they've just gone to the museum of modern art like they don't and so all of that happens and i'm like oh okay i get it you know a bad cop is getting payback and you know this is all part of it but then when the cop is like screaming at her to get on the ground and mary yeah. tyler more rightfully says like what are you doing what are you arresting me for because the cop says you're under arrest and she's like for yeah. what you know for stealing this car and she's like just check my license yeah. and he's the like thing, the thing that's important to point out is that these cops who did all this are not friends with this other cop they just got the report they're just some <laughs> random cops that's who what heard, i was thinking heard the report that two elderly women have stolen a car <laughs> and so that's their response because this whole time i'm like <laughs> oh they they're... they're like immediately like oh i'm sorry ma'am like put my gun away like that's the part I could not believe because I was like, oh, okay, all the cops are in on it, you know, and they're going to rough yeah. them up and scare them. But it turns out those over-aggressive cops were just like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and, and that's, and the description when you, you were saying that they're like, put your left hand out, drop the keys, put your right hand out, now walk out slowly. It goes on for an awkward amount of time <laughs> in a movie like in this. In real time, yeah, like back up, you know, walk backwards, <laughs> put, interlace your fingers in between each yeah. other and put them on the back of your head. Now it was the tensest part knee. of the movie, in my opinion. I was worried that they were going to be shot by these guys. I was worried about her silk pants having to kneel down <laughs> on that asphalt road. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also obsessed with the fact that that car, the police, we're spending so much time on the scene. The police car has, it's a state patrol. And it's one of those classic things I love in these bad movies where they're like, we don't have an actual vehicle we can use. So let's just print out a sign and slap it on the side of this car. That and was so literally the thing I was like, the reason I started retelling that whole scene was to yeah. get to the part where it just has like a printout state from patrol. the computer in Helvetica where it just says state patrol. So they really didn't want to locate this in a place to go exactly. through that effort. That was at that moment, you're like, okay, so they're making an effort to not specifically place this. Yeah, which was super weird. Um, Did either of you recognize where their Mary Tyler Moore and her husband lived? Did that look like like Lake Oswego? Did I they wonder, show the outside? It was house? on the water, but I it didn't look like the Willamette to me. No, I, I thought first, it was a lake, but yeah. I first thought it was maybe down in the houseboat area because they are they are on water like at their mm -hmm. house and but then it looked like too big of a like a lake lake and I thought well the only thing close enough is that so I'm gonna have to go look on on Google Maps because there's like these recognizable docks in the well here's a question for you guys because this occurred to me so I've done one of these podcasts with you before and I'm watching this movie and my brain keeps trying to be like is that from the other movie and I kept do, is that how you live your lives now? Is this every time you see these movies, you're like, is this from this movie? Because the <laughs> at first I thought that the house was the same house that they robbed in uh, Hear No Evil, you know, where the guy lives on that weird cliff. Yeah, I can see where you get that. Yeah, and then as soon as I saw the water, I'm like, well, that didn't happen. <laughs> Literally, the first scene, which is a, this movie opens up uh, in uh, Mary Tyler Moore's restaurant and, and then doing something, and it's a shot from the outside. And I was like, oh, it's the Body of Evidence restaurant. <laughs> 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 but I don't think it is. But yeah, it's that same thing. It's like trying to connect. It's like, oh, yeah, and then picturing all these other people in this exact same spot. 
Yeah, it becomes less though. Like, what city? What street is this on? And more like, what film was this? I did. Look- Go ahead, Brian. I was going to say the one location that I was trying to place, or I would like to be able to place, is uh, the nightclub where uh, Adam gets arrested. Oh yeah, there oh. was that nightclub, and there was another cafe where uh, where Mary Tyler Moore secretly records oh. at Asner. Yeah, with all the taxidermy heads on the wall. No, there's that one which where Ed Asner meets with Bad Cop. But oh, then there's okay. also where Mary Tyler Moore, it's like some cafe oh, diner. Oh, yeah, and they have the sign that says snacks on the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that scene, was, that scene was crazy, too, because this is toward the end of the movie, and Mary Tyler Moore wants to record, secretly record Ed Asner saying something bad so that Mary Tyler Moore could try to get the bad cop off of, of her family's back, so blah, blah, blah. So they're in this cafe, and this is right after... Mary Tyler Moore, like after they're finding out like all the cops may be in on it to protect their own and they're sitting in a cafe and behind Mary Tyler Moore, like well in frame at the counter of this deli cafe are two police officers. And you see them in like, they're doing a, a shot, reverse shot with her and Ez Asner and you see them in the back of Mary Tyler Moore's shot. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna be the part where the cops recognize Ed Asner and see them working together. and. And then, so Mary Tyler Moore says something, then they show Ed Asner, then they go back to Mary Tyler Moore, and then you see the cops, like, turn around and look at Ed Asner, and I'm like, here it comes, here it comes, and then the officers get up and leave. (laughs) And I'm like, what? What is going on? Why? Like, that wasn't an accident, like, they weren't accidentally in the movie, like, they had to figure out, we want to police officers, like, it was so strange and set up to nothing. Yeah, we should talk about uh, the end of the movie uh, and, and how it ends. And uh, well, so we should I also guess. talk about like a good, <laughs> I'd say a good half of this movie. To be clear, what happens is Adam Scott's character is accused of murder. He's accused of murdering. Um, actually, I looked it up while we were talking. Um, Ed Asner's daughter, who's playing Lisa, who is a, a sex worker in the movie. And basically, the movie is is most. I had forgot this because it, it, the pacing is so kind of off. Is like most of the movie, it's them trying to prove that Adam Scott did not murder this woman. And so, like, they find another person and interview her. There are so many people murdered in this movie. There's and actually like, only two, but it's it's so weird. I thought there was at least murders. three. Well, because there's a guy who looks a little like Jason Manzukis, who's introduced <laughs> as a by a photo as a as a serial killer, and. The serial killer, by the way, who is killing people in North Carolina, Georgia, (laughs) and Knoxville, Tennessee. Well, he's got one of those state bingo cards. He's just trying to get one in every state. (laughs) But yeah, literally, like, they managed to frame this guy for murder because they get a call from North Carolina. They're like, hey, we, uh, this is my fake North Carolina. Hey, we, (laughs) we we caught this guy and he says he killed this woman in Portland and or, or wherever. And they're like, all right, I'll let him know click and they just they're like hey um do you want to frame this guy for murder with this killing and they're like sure and just it's it's literally that they just didn't follow the they didn't hand the post-it note to um someone to let them know about this murder confession confession jesus (laughs) yeah and i couldn't so they uh i i feel like there are at least three prostitutes murder there's Lisa, trying. and then there's the one who has the best last name. Like her real last name is great. Let's see, what was it? It was um, Clatterbuck. Her name <laughs> is Tamara Clatterbuck, and she played Janet. And Janet is. Um, uh, they they try to convince her to tell them that um, that Adam Scott didn't do this thing, and she ends up getting murdered. Like she's the only person who's actively murdered by the cops in this movie. Like they did else- a lot of they did a lot of that thing where like um, Adam Scott shows up at her at his mom's restaurant drunk one night. Like mm-hmm. after he gets thrown in jail and then exonerated, and he gets back out again after a night, and then later again gets falsely arrested. But in between the two arrests he relapses and shows up with a prostitute at his mom's restaurant and, you know, he's causing a stir. And when he walks in, his mom's business partner is like, oh, can I help you? Like, has no idea who he is, which I thought was strange. I'm like, you're I think that was a waitress. I don't think that was the partner. (laughs) Because I had that thought too. I'm like, don't you know who this guy is? Like, Adam Scott's jacket, he's wearing this amazing coat that looks very similar to a coat that I own. And I was very excited (laughs) because it was an amazing coat. Well, now I'm looking for this coat. It was like this cool, like fur-lined, rust-colored. Like, oh, it was so great. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It's a good coat. <laughs> the yellow shirt goes with it well too. Oh, they do a lot of. Um, so because this was never ma- named as Portland, my favorite thing was when they were wa- Adam Scott was walking out of the club and goes and gets a hot dog from one of Portland's many hot dog vendors. I think he got a donut because he gave it to this this homeless guy and he said, it's chocolate. And I so I what? assumed he had, because I thought he got a hot dog too, but he's like, here, it's a chocolate. I'm like, okay, I'm misconstruing an- something <laughs> going on here. <laughs> was that an ice cream vendor then? I know, but it was like a steaming tray. I think <laughs> <laughs> it was totally had the little umbrella in it and like the compartments of steam or whatever in the part well, that you pick whenever up this to... mysterious food item he purchased it was chocolate apparently because he gave it to this guy. <laughs> i do think speaking of, of reused locations and i'm trying to remember the movie um and it was i have we done two christmas movies we did how did sarah get her wings uh speaking uh, of brian, was brian turner's sorry about that but one. that wasn't uh-huh. that wasn't filmed here but there was another oh, one there was another one because uh, adam scott's apartment in this which is this huge apartment that that looks over um one of the freeway intersections and i swear that apartment has shown up uh in in one of our other movies and i'll have to look at our map to um do it but for being like a loser drug addict, he lived in like this amazing, like yeah, full story. Well, this movie, when it comes to Portland settings, this movie loves under bridges because it had Hawthorne bridges. It had under the Hawthorne bridge near Omsey, under the Hawthorne bridge near the dock. It had under the steel bridge. That was that was what they wanted to do. Was all under bridges all the time. It, it yeah. also getting back to um, Adam Scott being framed. So he shows up with a prostitute. They did a lot of like introduction of a character for like part of a scene and then the next scene they're like showing a dead body of that person whereas like we didn't get to see enough of what this person looked like to recognize like oh that's what she would look like washed up on the shore because she looked up like when you're wet and on rocks you look completely different and like i'm like (laughs) who are these bodies like washing up all over the place in this town and like how are they related to the story and uh, yeah, it, it took me a while to realize that that, that that was supposed to be the same woman he'd shown up to the restaurant with. But I mean, yeah. And that shows up under, um, is that the Hawthorne Bridge? Because in the background, yes. you see the bridge and you see a bunch of people on the bridge just like looking at the, at the, at the unfolding, you know, scene of them finding the body. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, I couldn't figure out if those people were supposed to be in the movie or if they were just <laughs> watching the movie. But at some point, like there's some background talk of like, and get those, get the names of the people on the bridge so we can talk to them. And so I don't know if they were covering for that fact or if they were actually supposed to be in the movie. There was also some really good shots of uh, the Fremont bridge in there too. Yeah. 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 There was a, there was a couple different other, uh, um, on Southwest Stark, there's at the Palms Motor Hotel, which I think yep. is, is up on Interstate. Is that where that is, or is that a different uh, location? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the park lots, like I said, the courthouse, uh, the federal building by the post office, um, <laughs> the hot dog stand, uh, Reed College. Yeah, Reed College. That's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is. That's the other fun part of like when movies aren't so great, but. It's, it's just that fun bingo card of like, I wonder yep. what I'm going to see next, uh, which is really fun. I still can't figure out where that cafe was, but. Um, no. I just looked at the scene where he's in his apartment. It does look similar to the one we, we saw in Hear No Evil. I don't think it's the same one, but it has a similar kind of view. Uh, okay. Oddly enough, he also has the exact same dish drying rack that he just bought that we bought. We just moved into a new place and we bought the exact same one. I thought that was weird. That scene was so, oh, I just knocked something down, was so <laughs> weird because it's right before Adam Scott gets arrested and they're showing him like going the about first his, time. The when first it was time. a drug charge and not the murder charge. Yeah. And he's um, he's at his his kitchen sink with this new kitchen drying rack, like a little bamboo drying rack. And he looks at it and he places it on one side and then he looks at it again and like picks it up and like places it on the other side. And I'm like, and there's no dishes anywhere. And I couldn't figure out what he was supposed to be doing. Todd, I did that exact same thing like two weeks ago. Don't, don't. Yeah, but he, he very forcefully places it down. Like he, he did it with intent. Yeah, I was like, well, is this supposed to sim? Like, was this? Well, you his gotta show the drying or- rack who's boss. Otherwise, he's gonna walk all over you. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, 
anyway, so so maybe we should cut back to Brian's uh, end of the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Once he's in jail for a long time, it's really just a lot of like, let's try this avenue. That didn't work. Let's try this avenue. That didn't work. Now let's try to frame Ed As- or not frame Ed Asner, but get dirt on Ed Asner and give it to this dirty cop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, uh, Mary Tyler Moore eventually meets uh, with the cop and basically uh, confronts him and gives him an ultimatum and is like, okay, what, what do you want? And he basically says, you know, like, if you give me dirt on Asner, you know, I can make something happen. Um, so, and this is what I actually thought, you know, it, it was a little bit clever, the movie. Um, so Mary Tyler Moore uh, has coffee with Ed Asner and she brings along a tape recorder and she, she gets him spilling his guts and you know asked him about his biggest regrets in life um and then he tells the story about how uh a long time ago he was on a case with a partner and uh, his partner basically shot the man in cold blood um and then his partner uh places evidence by like putting a gun in his hand and then uh he kind of looks at it as her and and uh, says all right and that Azure's like okay goes along with it and that's you know has been his biggest regret so mary time more uh, tapes that and then she goes to meet with um, the, the officer and, and she plays the tape for him so she he she he can see the evidence that she got and uh, you know right right as she's turning that over um, uh, uh, Mary Tyler Moore was gonna one-up him and she, she had asked uh, she turns over the evidence and it's like you know tell me about my son you know I couldn't figure it out and you know did, did you frame him and he's like of course I framed him and uh, that moment Ed Asner is uh, watching watching the scene unfold on the bridge above and he uh, shoots, shoots the officer and uh, saves Mary Tyler Moore. And um, you know, th- this is where I, I think the movie is a little uh, problematic uh, as the kids say, um, be- because uh, here we now have evidence, you know, of, of Ed Asner, uh, you know, also being a corrupt cop on some level. And um, he even suggests to Mary Tyler Moore that, you know, she should turn in both tapes um, and he should, you know, uh, pay for his, past sins um and then mary tyler moore basically says nah that's okay we don't need to show this tape and, and, and Ed asner uh, gets off uh, scot-free <laughs> there's no justice done at the end yeah <laughs> well the, you you uh that is an that is an accurate description of, of the movie ending there's a couple of things that that did strike me about it so mary tyler moore is meeting bad cop in the parking lot underneath the fremont bridge uh, and with a tape of Ed Asner, she gives it to Bad Cop, um, and then she asks, you know, you, you answer the question that I, that I've only now been able to ask myself. You know, did my son do it? Um, and Bad Cop goes, no, of course not. And Mary Tyler Moore goes, and did you frame him? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I framed him. <laughs> and so of course Mary Tyler Moore is recording it which Bad Cop then realized he's, so Bad Cop's like yeah I framed him wait a minute <laughs> why I ought <laughs> exactly <laughs> and so that's when he attacks Mary Tyler Moore and Ed Asner is like up on the bridge somewhere yeah, he's like, like Batman <laughs> just like hiding up in the roof thing well that's on the steel bridge not the Fremont Ridge no, but he's like far away it is. And also, he shoots him in the gut, which I know later he's like, I didn't, why didn't you kill me? He says, he's like, I didn't want to kill you. I wanted you to fake justice. I'm like, you shot him in the gut. He's probably not going to make it. <laughs> and you are far away. You are not that accurate with a pistol from like 600 yards. So I thought how that was going to all play out was that we would learn that Mary Tyler Moore and Ed Asner had recorded that conversation. Um, they just made up that story and they were making up evidence for that would be clever. the bad cop. And then that way, Ed Asner doesn't have to kind of be this morally gray, you know, it could have ended on a purely happy ending. That would have been pretty Is great. Is it though? I mean, Adam Scott was still in jail for like a month and they talked about like the trauma invoked in him and everybody seems pretty messed up by the whole affair. His stepdad didn't, tr- that stepdad was like, yeah, yeah, I know your son had did some drug things, but I'm pretty sure he committed this murder too. <laughs> On the scale of 2020, we call this a happy ending. That's going to be an awkward Thanksgiving where it's like, <laughs> remember it's like, when so you remember didn't when you thought I committed murder? Oh, <laughs> uh, my other favorite thing about um, uh, about Adam Scott. So he is Adam. <laughs> 
Adam Scott in this movie is always being hustled away. Yes. Like we give him at his after he's having his moment with his drying his dish drying rack. You know, they break <laughs> into the house and arrest him and they hustle him away. And then he gets released. And then he's walking out of a club and gets surrounded by the cops. And he's getting hustled away. And, and then he gets hustled he, out of the restaurant too by his stepdad when he's he gets hustled out of the restaurant. He, when he, after his, when they, when they say you are guilty, like when he's in court and they pronounce him guilty, yeah. like he sort of faints and immediately these cops like swarm him and like pick him up and like run him out of the courtroom. And then after that, he's talking to his mom in prison and they're like, okay, it's time to come back or whatever. And the mom's like, it's okay to go. And then like the prison guards come in and like hustle him out of there. I'm like, what? stop hustling him out of like. What is happening? <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Mary Tyler Moore did do a good job of emoting at one point in this movie. And it's at the very end when she's trying to make a deal with Bad Cop. And Bad Cop's like, sorry, you know, I'm not going to help you anymore. And he's like, maybe you should go home. Um, uh, you don't look like you have it all together. And when he says, you don't look like you have it all together, Mary Tyler Moore, like, throws her arms up and is like no and like nothing has like penetrated her more than like knowing she might not look good in that situation <laughs> she freaks out <laughs> uh one thing i've never been a, a, a juror so i don't know this but at one point in this movie when um mary tyler moore is on the stand i think or somebody's on the stand uh, mm -hmm. about the murder of one of these, uh, one of the people that die in this movie that they pin on Adam Scott. And it's just in the courtroom or whatever. And, oh, it's, and then they pan over to the jury who's sitting there and like one foot from the jury is a gigantic picture of the victim, like dead and all beat up. And which I know that they sometimes show, you know, courtroom evidence and stuff like that when they're talking about those things. but. This made it seem like the entire trial, they just had this gigantic picture of this, this, <laughs> this woman, woman who was yeah. beaten to death, which I would be super not on board for as a juror to be like, I get it. Like, I can't stop. This is like a foot away from me. I'm staring at a dead woman. This is crazy. <laughs> well, also, Adam Scott's lawyer was terrible because like during the, the, the when the uh, prosecution was interrogating the, the person who witnessed him getting in the car, like they're basically like, you know, you, you don't know what happened. You saw him get in the car. She's like, listen, she, he beat her to death. She died horribly and in pain and miserably. And it's all his fault. And, and no one was like, that's hearsay. <laughs> like, like yeah, he was just like, no, 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 keep going. <laughs> keep on talking. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so somebody confirmed for me, I've only ever been in the federal courthouse here in Portland. I've not been in that courthouse. Was that actually the interior of the courthouse? I have never been in either of them. I think so. If, if memory serves, it looked a lot like what I remembered from my time. Because I'm talking of the one that's on the park blocks yes. off of like, um, uh, where the, the big stag statue used to be yes. where all the protests and stuff happened. Yeah, right. it looks like that. So. Oh, no, I, I the, the, what the exterior shots are the ones in the park block. Yes, like, that's true. But the inside, oh, yeah, at okay. least it looked a lot like that one. I don't know if it's, if it's, okay, the, the interiors that. are just very similar. Cause I'm sure courthouses have like a look, you know. But it looked but it, huge inside because like there was giant staircases. I'm like, I don't think that other, the one on the parks block is that big. The yeah, one I I'm like, I mean, I could be wrong. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm. <laughs> the other inexplicable part was when, ah. Uh, <laughs> they're like in between they're waiting for the jury sentence to come down you know and they're showing them waiting around in the in the in the courtroom and mary tyler moore is just eating a, a giant tub of chili which oh yeah courthouse chili it has cilantro in it too don't <laughs> which i was like is that good like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know that's that the only time she can get her mouth to move is when she ate that chili back in the 90s when cilantro was still exotic <laughs> I was obsessed. <laughs> I was obsessed with the store across the street from Mary Tyler Moore's restaurant, which was at the time Torso. torso. I had to look that up too because it, it looks like a chain or something. But yeah, I totally I couldn't find any information on Torso and what they might <laughs> yeah, sell. Yeah, you know, I wasn't sure if it was like a fake sign or not. Like they had 
put it up so they wouldn't get in trouble for whoever. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, I That's... think, I, I mean, yeah, it, it's, this is a movie where I think there's a lot of moments and a lot of stuff, but I mean, again, you could describe what happens in this about 10 minutes and you'd be pretty much done. Although as um, Brian was, was kind of talking about it at the beginning of the show, it's surprisingly, and a, a surprising amount of stuff before it feels like the movie kicks in because like all of that, that dirty cop stuff and framing and he gets thrown off the floor and like all of it's that like happens on like the first, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And then it slows down for that Adam Scott needs to get out of prison thing. And like, it yeah, is that a was little Brian looks looking. for a third beer during the viewing of that movie. <laughs> moment. Although I, I never got bored. Like, like Brian, you said before, I never really was bored for this one. I felt fine watching it, the pacing because it was for TV. There's yeah. a little break every now and then. Um, so that wasn't that wasn't bad. It's so also I, a breezy one hour and twenty three minutes, which is not <laughs> a bad thing to be, you know. No, <laughs> I, I did keep reading, you know, trying to find information about this that it was based on a true story, and I couldn't find anything more than like, oh, you know, it's kind of like the Rodney King, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I saw that too, and. I couldn't it's find... Like, but it's not based on the Rodney King being... It's to be like if it was based on a white woman who walked by the Rodney King being. Yeah, it's right. not about... Like, after the first 10 minutes of the movie, that is kind of irrelevant to the plot of the movie. Is I know. So that, and that's what I was thinking. So, so uh, is there another case that it was more closely based on? If there is, you know, I couldn't find any information. Well, and they didn't... I, I wonder if there's... This feels like one of those scripts, especially if it's getting down to a TV movie that, you know, is sits in a drawer for 10 years and then they take it mm. out and blow the dust off and say, how can we do this? And then Mary Tyler Moore comes in and wants to change stuff. And like, then they want right. to change it for this and that. So I think it's just an old thing that they're trying to retrofit into something else. And it just kind of doesn't work. Sure. But, um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't not enjoy watching this movie. It was surprisingly comp uh, competent in the performances uh, other than, Mary Tyler Moore not being able to emote all that much, I, I thought were fine. The supporting cast was great. Um, it would, I would be, uh, I, I would feel really sad if we did not mention um, my favorite Ed Asner role of all time. And Brian, you're probably thinking the same thing I am. I'm trying to think of which one. I'm sure it'll it could be like, of course, duh, as soon as you say it. But go ahead. Uh, I always loved seeing Ed Asner appear on Freakazoid. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Freakasaur, do you want to watch a bear ride a tricycle? <laughs> I feel so old right now. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> I feel there's a generational of, shift. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff like that. Like, I think he was the voice of Hudson on Gargoyles, too, and stuff like that. From Wilbur. Yeah, he did, a lot of, he did a lot of cartoon voiceover work. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's still alive, too, right? Like, I was going to say, is he? I know Mary Tyler Moore passed away a like, couple years ago. Yeah, couple no, I'm pretty sure ago, like, last alive, year. So, um, I'm going to check. There, one, speaking of kind of uh, the supporting cast, there is a guy, uh, so Ed Asner is, is trying to help Adam Scott get out of jail and is going to um, the police information and records room and walks in. And the guy that works in the police records and information room, I thought was going to play like some sort of pivotal character because like, Ed Asner comes in and says, oh, can you get me the files on this? And this guy whose name is Gary, because Ed Asner says, hey, Gary, can you get me those files? And uh, Gary. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, and yeah. Gary's like, sure, I can get them for you in about a million years. <laughs> and I was like, oh, is he, you know, is he not he wanting to lazy. work? <laughs> well, but I was like, well, maybe he's fighting <laughs> with the cops and trying to circle the wagons and not be cooperative. So he's like, yeah, in a million years. And Asner's, no, and Asner's like, okay, but no, really, can you can you get that for me? <laughs> and Gary goes, yeah, uh, give me a couple years. Like, kind of says another thing. I'm like, and then so we cut away, and I'm unclear, like, is this a barrier, you know, to the case that he has to overcome now? But the next scene, Ed Asner is, like, in his dark office, and Gary... Gary comes up and like says some other like quippy line about something. I'm like, who is Gary? Why is Gary getting so much like of a character that we never, and then we never see Gary again. So like, apparently he was irrelevant to the entire process. Release the Mary Tyler Moore cut. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But I, I checked and Asner is still alive. So. Oh good. Good uh, for him. 
Um, I did notice that the uh, the writer of this movie, did you see what other movies he's done? No. He was also a writer of A Fire in the Sky. Oh, wow. Was it the same? Was it the uh, same one? Different. A okay. different fire in the sky from <laughs> 1978 <laughs> about about a comet that is on a collision course with Phoenix. That's funny. I do remember seeing that now. And I was like, fire in the sky. Oh. And then I wondered if it was the same story, but then it wasn't the same thing. Either. He did write an equally generic sounding movie called Deadly Force. <laughs> Probably filmed in Portland. I don't know. I'm looking for that. <laughs> <laughs> There was a great moment at the beginning of this where Mary Tyler Moore is figuring out that she can't go to the cops because the cops are against her. And so she goes to yeah. the FBI and the, um, the FBI is played by this uh, black guy. And Mary Tyler Moore is like, you don't understand. The police are the problem. And the way that this, the way that this guy said, like he's, his face says, tell me about it. He best, he's basically saying, okay, yeah, or whatever. But like the way okay, that his, Karen. this actor was so like, he, he didn't say the words, but he said uh, everything he needed to say. Like, I hear you. I know, uh, I know what you're saying. That's fantastic. Uh, Which is pretty funny. Huh. Anything well, else? Yeah. Um, so I'll just end my, my thoughts on this is that you want to watch something kind of just like, this is to me like a thing that's kind of, you can have on if you want something else. It, the, the person who posted this on YouTube looks like they have some really interesting other movies that I want to check out. Um, <laughs> there's one called Game Over Maximum Surge or um, Heaven or Vegas and uh, Fire Trap and things like that. I'm like, that's that looks amazing. But, um, but uh, my wife, she mentioned that, and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Mary Tyler Moore apparently is in a different outfit in every single scene she is in. <laughs> If you look, like every scene is a costume change. So if you want just a fun afternoon game, you can just kind of, you can do a drinking game, I guess, of watching the movie and every time Mary Tyler Moore's in a different outfit, you can have a drink. That, <laughs> that is amazing. That was probably in her contract for this film. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think this is fine. Like, I, I'm never going to watch it again. If someone wanted to watch it, I'd be like, sure. There's, some, there's definitely some enjoyment and, and good stuff to be had, but I, don't, I think there's a bunch of other things I'd rather watch. This is the quintessential movie for our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I think, the one, I think, um, I think uh, 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 Hear No Evil was better. If, if, you, if I had to say which one to watch, I'd say Hear No Evil is crazier. And Hear No Evil was, was a pretty... Now, Brian, uh, you know, Piper, was that, were you there on that episode or were you gone that episode? I was there. I saw okay. Hear No I can remember yeah. who Turner was filling in for, but yeah, that one was a super fun one. But I mean, and both of the... the I, I think this is a good background movie because you do get to see... Uh, little shots of like there's a lot around those park blocks on either mm. side. There's a restaurant supply store that shows up that's on the other side of um, Broadway because uh, Mark and I used to work there and like the adult the adult movie theater was down the street. So there's all <laughs> little things like that that kind of pop up and you're like, oh, I remember that place and it's kind of fun to see that in 1997. So it's not a bad background movie and it is uh, free on someone's YouTube channel. So I'll I'll probably link to that on the Portland at the Movies uh, YouTube channel. Um, Just make sure you look for the, if you're doing it without that link, make sure it's the 1997 payback as we've discussed. I think I'm going to end my thoughts by saying, uh, sharing this thought that I just had. Um, and, and I want to see someone take all of these uh, Portland shot movies and try and work them into a theory that they all take place in the same shared Portland <laughs> cinematic universe. So you've got, you know, this going on on the park you? blocks. And then, you know, a couple blocks down, you've got this little kid playing basketball, filming uh, What the Bleep Do We Know? And We are coming up to, um, we are coming up to, I think this is our episode 49. I think our next oh. episode is episode number 50 of all things. And we, we were chatting uh, a couple of weeks ago about how many of these movies are forgettable. And like, I want to play a game where we just write down the titles of these to see if, are these fake movies or did we review <laughs> this movie? Uh, and this does kind of fit perfectly into that realm of that, um, the same like that last innocent man with Ed Harris is that same type where like, I remember not hating that movie, but I don't remember a thing about it. So <laughs> I don't think I'll remember anything about this going forward other than Adam Scott was in it, maybe. Uh, um, I remember Mary Tyler Moore and Ed Asner, but it, like, think about this. We've only been able to name those three actors consistently. Everyone else we've been calling Bad Cop and Lisa, <laughs> the dead sex worker. And, <laughs> Uh, guy who serves miscellaneous hot chocolate thing on the street, you know. L little Asner, the lesser Asner. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it is. Well, do you remember? 
we were going to do a movie. This was this was months ago, and that Ed Asner was in that said it was, and it was called. I think it was called Good Cop, Bad Cop. Speaking oh, of Bad Cop, yes. and it turns out that even though it's, I think, oh, this all makes sense now because. It, part of it was filmed at the same courthouse in Portland, but the rest of it takes place in Boston, like on location in Boston, because I started watching it. And so I remember looking through Ed Asner's credits. I'm like, good cop, bad cop. Why do I know that? And it was because it was a false flag on our, on our Portland at the movies list. But anyway, well, thank you guys for enduring uh, payback. Uh, with me. I still think I haven't Turner had first. to suffer through the worst ones you guys have had. It might have been all <laughs> This right. is very true. Yeah, very this true. is very mediocre. I'd say mediocre to high on the list of a lot yeah. of things that we yeah. that we watched. Um, yeah. It was it was a fun watch and, and a fun, a surprisingly long discussion. We wondered before we started recording if we'd be able to get 10 minutes out of this. But, well, uh, it helps when we that three people who like each other are having a conversation. <laughs> yes, that's also, we're also starved for any social interaction. So. <laughs> that's right. We, we wouldn't have gotten 45 minutes with Mark Middleton. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Brian the Unipiper, what are you doing? How can people uh, buy some of your merch before Christmas? Um, yeah, you should buy a Unipiper uh, face mask and uh, buy one for the whole family. Uh, and then you should hire the Unipiper to uh, uh, wish your relatives uh, Merry Christmas on, on Christmas morning. You can do that too. Um, just reach out to me on uh, Facebook or check it out at unipiper.com. And uh, that's all I'll say. Nice. Uh, Brian Turner, you are deep into season two of Days of Our Weeks. Oh, my God. Where <laughs> a, a Facebook exclusive series. Uh, uh, I was thinking about putting it on YouTube, but I don't want it. So, okay. Um, uh, in, in COVID insanity, I have made a terrible, ridiculous improv sitcom with my son's teddy bear and a hammer with a mustache on it. Um, <laughs> Because you've mentioned it, I think I'm going to have to put this on YouTube now. I'll send it, I'll post it, and I'll let you have a link and you can put it on the share. Otherwise, I have nothing else to post because I don't exist on the internet. <laughs> uh, good to know. Well, I do appreciate um, our Patreon donors. Uh, you have been faithful and uh, help keep us uh, going through, through COVID as we're trying to track down these movies. Um, so thank you for that. Um, you can listen to us on Fun Employment Radio uh, and go listen to their uh, daily podcast for free. Uh, and you can listen to the Mark and Toddcast if you're not doing anything else. Other than that, I imagine I'll just play whatever is at the end of the movie over the credits on this. Uh, and thank you guys again for joining me. And thank you for having me. And Brian the Unipiper. You want to say something? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs>